ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive. Elmore deep, left side three, and Drive with Paul Swan. Welcome to the Friday, June 29th edition. Your drive begins now here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Getting you set for the weekend. We'll open the phone lines up later on, but I've got a full show for you today. We're going to get into how much money several universities uh, made. Revenue and expenses. USA Today Puts out a report annually. We've got the numbers, and we'll go down the list. Kind of tell you where Marshall shapes up in Conference USA and, of course, across the country. And I've got later on coming on the program, he's the new host of the Bengals Radio Network pre- and post-game shows. Wayne Box Miller is going to join us. So we're going to talk to him in a few minutes and catch up with him, see where the Bengals are right now, and just find out a little bit more about him as he'll be one of the voices you hear throughout the football season as we are getting closer to not just college but pro football season as well. So I'm looking forward to the resumption of Bengals football. I hope you are as well. And we've got as well some good news to get into today so let's do that first before we uh, take our first break Uh, i want to say congratulations to uh, jeff o'malley um, marshall university's associate athletic director pretty good guy if you've ever met him uh, always fun to talk to very personable Uh, knows the game of basketball he's a guy who previously served on the basketball rules committee knows what he's talking about and I think that that's followed him around because he's a guy you can go to if you've got a question. So guess what? He's been added now to the nine-member NCAA Baseball Rules Committee. He's going to serve for a year. Now, the Baseball Rules Committee has four Division I members, two representatives from Division II, and two members from Division Three. It's a nine-member group. He is one of two members from the football subdivision schools, joining East Carolina Assistant Athletic Director Gary Overton. Here's what O'Malley said in the release. He said he was honored to have been selected to serve on the Baseball Rules Committee. says this is an opportunity to positively impact an already great game. Now, he's been with Marshall for 15 years. Has it been 15 years? It doesn't feel that long, but at the same time, it feels like he's always been there. And 15 years, that's amazing. This is a good time for Marshall because right now you've got your associate athletic director on the baseball rules committee, and he's previously served on the basketball rules committee. You've got Mike Hamrick, your director of athletics. He was reappointed to the NCAA Division I football oversight committee. And that's a big deal right there. He's uh, been on the committee since July 2016, and his term's going to run through June 30th of 2022. And then you've got Jerome Gilbert, President of Marshall University. He's going to represent Conference USA in the NCAA Division I President's Forum, and that will begin in September. We're going to run through August of 2022. And on top of that, Conference USA has Judy McLeod. She was named to the NCAA Division I Council and NCAA Division I Men's Basketball Oversight Committee just a few weeks ago. Now, the Division I for the Division I membership. So you have your athletic director in an important position. You have your associate athletic director and an important position. You have your president and a really important position. You have your commissioner 
in an important position. Take the commissioner out of the equation, and you've got your three main people in athletics, three of the four. Three of the four main people. Caught myself there. I don't give Beatrice enough credit, so apology there. But three of the four main people, with your president, your athletic director, and then you have your associate athletic director, all in important spots. And, of course, on top of that, your commissioner and a very important spot. That means good things, I think, for Conference USA. That also means that there's some prestige for Conference USA, that there's some prestige for Marshall, that people think that Mike Hamrick is a good person to be here. They think that the president of Marshall University is a good person to be here in this position of influence, and they think that Jeff is a good person to be on a committee and in a place of importance and influence. And he's been in that place before with the Rules Committee for basketball. That's just good for Marshall. Just think about that for a moment. Ponder that. You think sometimes that maybe Marshall doesn't get a fair shake or Marshall isn't appreciated or people don't know of Marshall. Well, this tells me otherwise, that somewhere somebody thinks good things are happening at Marshall. Now, it might not translate into championships just yet. And being on these committees, this isn't a this is going to translate into championships type deal. But this makes Marshall an important player. This makes Marshall important. It makes Mike Hamrick an important voice. It makes Jeff O'Malley an important voice. It makes Jerome Gilbert an important voice. It gives Judy McLeod more of an important voice. She already, as the commissioner of the league, had a voice, and this now gives her more. You've got to be excited for what's happening with Marshall University. But I want to congratulate Jeff. I haven't had an opportunity to do it personally, but uh, consider this the public personal congratulations. I think he'll do a great job, as will the president, as will Mr. Hamrick. I think uh, combined good things are happening for the Thundering Herd. All right. I'm going to make some time for our guest coming up in the next few minutes. Uh, we've got Wayne Box Miller joining us. He's the new host of the Bengals Radio Network. He does the pre- and post-game shows. Uh, looking forward to talking to him for the first time and uh, getting his thoughts on the upcoming season. He's a Moorhead State guy. So I don't know how long this conversation is going to last. If I bring up Moorhead State, what's going to happen? I don't know. We will find out when we come back. Don't forget, later on I'm going to break down what kind of financing you can expect from schools in Conference USA in comparison to Marshall University. In other words, where does Marshall stack in Conference USA? Where does Marshall stack in the country? Where does West Virginia fall, Kentucky some of the other schools that we talk about, that's what we're going to talk about later on this hour. Also, gambling. The NCAA has made a decision. We'll talk about that when we continue here on The Drive ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 930. Don't worry. Paul Swan has the wheel on The Drive ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 930. It's the end of June in all effect. That means we're getting closer to football season, and I'm excited. 
not only for the Marshall Thundering Herd, but my other favorite passion, the Cincinnati Bengals. And I'm excited about this, actually. I want to welcome to the program now. He is the pre- and post-game host on the Bengals Radio Network. Brand new position for him, Wayne Box Miller joining us. And Wayne, congratulations. Uh, you're taking over for, uh, I'm sure, uh, what many people consider uh, an iconic host in Alan Cutler. So uh, this is a big job to take over for. Yeah, no question. Alan Cutler is uh, iconic. Uh, he's a great guy. Um, very presence felt in the market. But uh, I've been around a while. I'm kind of an old head myself, so I'm looking forward to adding more contributions to the Cincinnati Bengals. Yeah, we're excited for you as well. And um, this is a dream position for you. I know you've been around for a while in Cincinnati in the market. Is this one of the goals that you had for yourself or envisioned with your career to be right here now? Well, you know what? It, I can't say it was a dream, but it is definitely a dream job. Um, you know, to be involved with one of 32 teams in the NFL, uh, to do it in your hometown. Uh, candidly, I wish my dad was still around because I think he would probably be jumping through the roof. So anything I do in this nature, man, I really just feel so honored that my dad would be proud of uh, the opportunity I have in front of me. So if you would, just because, you know, we're – on that fringe of Cincinnati, it's really one of our primaries when it comes to our pro teams. But still, if sure. you could talk a little bit about yourself, uh, where you've been in the market, because you've been covering the Bengals for a long time. You just didn't wake up, get the job, and here I am. Right, right. Yeah, i actually been in the market uh, working with the Bengals for the last five years doing uh, out-of-game shows. So we have a Bengals pep rally show that we do on Fridays where we bring players out, interact with the fan base, and uh, just a great opportunity for people to get engaged. I also did the Bengals game plan show, and I always kind of like to consider myself a special teamer. So Dave um, Lapham and Dan Horde are the you know offense and defense, and I'm kind of the special teams guy. I'll come in and do that. But I also did an award-winning uh, sports talk show for eight years. And then our NBC affiliate here, we had a show called Sports Rock. So uh, when that show was designed and developed, I was part of that team for eight years as well. So um, having gone to Moorhead State University and, um, you know, learned to do all that uh, at our radio and TV stations there really prepared me for this opportunity. Okay, we'll get into the Moorhead State thing in a minute. I, I want the rest of the interview before that to go well. Uh, I'm going to confess, I had to ask somebody a couple weeks ago if Box was your real name because I said they're going, Box? Who, who's named Box? And I asked, a, I believe, a mutual friend of ours, uh, Tony Bender, who uh, works up there. Uh, oh, my gosh, yeah, yes, Tony Bender. Uh, I, I uh, have had that name. It's been part of my brand for so long that – if you come to Cincinnati and probably ask for box, you'd find me faster than if you ask for Wayne Miller. And that was my question. I'm like, Tony, is, is this guy really named Box? And he's like, yeah, what, what, what's the problem here? <laughs> so if you know Tony, you know how he responds. <laughs> yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. So, yeah, you know, sometimes when you can't beat him, you join him. It's a nickname I have for a long time, and now it's uh, just become part of the brand. You've also got probably one of the best names for a sports column I've ever seen, the box seat. That's that's genius. Yeah, you know, it's, it's kind of an easy one because, uh, you know, with the nickname and then the best seats in sports being the box seat. So when I first started writing that column, it was an opportunity to just kind of leverage the brand name and then take it to another level. So uh, to your point, that, that was kind of a layup, a gimme, as we say. 
Joining us on the program, he's the new voice on the Bengals Radio Network. He is Wayne Box Miller. You're going to hear more from him as we get closer to football season and definitely on Sundays. He's going to be that voice most days waking us up or at least we're going to be coming home from uh, whatever we're doing in the morning. Coming out of church, there you will be getting a set for the game. So I'm excited for you as well on that because um, usually the pregames aren't that exciting. I, I can't say the same for the Bengals Network. It's always been fun to just listen to the pre- and post-game because there's been so much personality put into that. Where are you taking this, um, putting your own personality into this and to build on what was there before? Yeah, what we're doing now, we're going to try to make it a little bit more engaging and bring a few additional elements to it, including there are a lot of celebrity uh, people that are very big Bengal fans. We're going to try to get them involved, whether that's live or developing some liners for us. Uh, we've got a couple of new people in the uh, media department that are working from a digital perspective, so they've got some advantages of being right down on the field at 11, 30, 12 o'clock, bringing that information back up to us. So we'll incorporate that. And then on the backside, we're looking at bringing in a different player every week uh, on the post-game side to kind of break down the game from their version. So, you know, a lot of times, you, you know, we'll give you the stats or give you kind of the the 30,000-level view, but bringing an Eric Thomas or an Anthony Munoz or Ricky Woods on right after the game and say, hey, how did you see the game? How did it break down for you? You know, what worked, what didn't work? And uh, I think that's going to be a nice perspective for people. You see the uh, postgame expanding even further. I mean, usually it's at least a good solid hour. Uh, is that going to be the same format? Or you think you're going to expand a little bit? Well, we're looking at 90 minutes this year from what I've been told, and we've been meeting, planning, uh, for a 90-minute post-game show. So I'm excited about that because uh, we'll add some other elements in addition to what I mentioned. Uh, just some of the, the interviews with some of the players will be a little bit longer. And, uh, of course, as you know, the timetable on the pregame show is very tight, but on the back end we'll be able to kind of share those interviews in their entirety. There will be a lot of uh, opportunity to meet, get to know players, learn a little bit more about what's going on around the team. Wade Box Miller is our guest, new host of the Bengals Radio Network. He's going to be doing a pre- and post-game action. Uh, are you expanding anything else with the network? Anything you can tell us, or are we just starting out with the pre- and post right now? Well, pre- and post, and I'll still be doing the uh, Bengals Print Rally Show, the Bengals Game Plan Show, and uh, there's some other things I'm sure that the team is working on, but um, a couple of things I've been exposed to I'm not privy to discuss that I'm excited about. Um, but I think it's going to be a great year, um, not only on the field, but in the broadcast arena as well. Can we see some of that action also uh, translating into uh, more of the social media podcasting? Because I know um, there's a great Bengals podcast that follows uh, the game, usually with Dan Horde uh, with his Bengals Booth podcast. Are you going to be involved with that a little bit more or doing your own stuff or network stuff? Well, they brought uh, a sharp young lady in, Marissa Contepelli, uh, from, um, she was with the Columbus crew. And, uh, she's really doing some great stuff on the digital side. I mean, she hit the ground running. So you'll see a lot more digital content. You'll see a lot more engagement, uh, to what degree, uh, any of us will be involved is still to be determined, but she will carry that. And I got to tell you, she's already done a great job, um, just bringing a new element. Uh, to Bengal fans and to the um, the whole media and web presence. Do you find, because maybe Cincinnati is still considered a small market, and 
it's kind of hard sometimes to find a Bengals game unless you have an NFL Sunday ticket package or uh, you're 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 listening to the radio. You really can't get coverage sometimes outside of that Cincinnati market. Are you finding that the digital is helping more make the even make the playing field even as far as getting the word out, getting the coverage, making Cincinnati really stand out? I guess that's what I'm asking. Yeah, well, you know, with with the NFL ticket, I mean, on the TV side, you've got access. But now, to your point, uh, with you know apps and things of that nature, you're never disconnected from the game of football and really any sport. So, you know, with the digital presence that the Bengals have, they just relaunched their website last week, so it's a lot more um, uh, in line. The NFL is kind of bringing some consistency to the web design, but. You know, those things are all put in play this year. So I think you'll see everything go up another notch. Our guest is Wayne Box-Miller. He's the new host of the Bengals Radio Network pre- and post-game shows. And he's also a Moorhead State guy. I didn't know if you talked to me, knowing I'm a Marshall guy. And, well, Marshall-Moorhead State, um, <laughs> it's it's been going back and forth, as you know, the last few years. Well, you know, when I was at Moorhead uh, – you guys pretty much owned us. I played basketball my freshman year at Moorhead, but uh, that was the extent of my college career. But, you know, Marshall was always that team that was just a little bit above us, and uh, we always set our sights on trying to take you guys down, but we didn't have a lot of success. It's one of my favorite rivalries. Uh, it's not the conference rivalries that get me excited sometimes. It's, oh, uh, Moorhead State's coming. Okay, I'm good with that. I, I love seeing that rivalry. <laughs> And we're only, uh, what, 60 miles apart? I mean, you go down six, I-64, and uh, you end up right over in Huntington, Ashland area. So, you know, it's very close, easy for both uh, fan bases to connect on the road. And, and I, it's always been a good rivalry. And whenever we play you guys, I mean, I pay attention. We can just get Moorhead State football elevated to a point again where – we can get them back on the schedule for Marshall. That would be the ultimate oh, for me. We, we need that. I tell you what, that's one of the things that I've, I'm longing to hear is that we're returning to that division prominence where we can put out players like Phil Sims and others to, to go on to the NFL and to take down Marshall and to slow down that thundering herd. It will be fun for sure. We are joined by Wayne Box Miller. He's going to be the new voice you hear on the Bengals Radio Network pre- and post-game shows this fall. So now that you're a little bit closer with the franchise, um, what can you tell us as far as what we can expect from the team and everything that's uh, leading up to the season? Um, I know there's a lot of um, – I don't want to say that there's a lot of questions to be answered, but – you have a, a team that's maybe underperformed over the last few years, and fans are looking for answers. So what can we expect, and have some of those uh, questions been addressed? Well, yes, they have. And I think first and foremost, the offensive line with uh, you know uh, replacing the offensive line coach and uh, Coach Pollock is a different kind of guy. I mean, he was in Dallas last year with that offensive line and you know, several pro bowlers on that line. I think you can already see the effects of his presence not only in the way they practice, but the types of things they practice with and uh, the kind of the apparatuses, the technique, the movement, the number of reps that they get. So uh, his presence has been made felt already. The defensive coordinator, uh, Coach Austin, has come in and really energized the defense. Uh, for example, um, he is very heavy on takeaways, which, you know, the Bengals were uh, near the bottom of the league last year. So any incomplete pass, any ball that hits the ground, uh, it's a fumble as far as practice goes, and these guys are conditioned now to just 
you know, when you see the ball on the ground, pick it up. So you can see what he's breeding in them is just this reflex motion that anytime there's a ball on the ground, they know to go get it. Uh, little things like that. I mean, the way they practice, uh, Durante Jones, the secondary coach, very energetic, uh, very, uh, uh, he celebrates everything. So, you know, for example, if a guy breaks up a pass or makes an interception, if he's on one side of the field, he may run across the other side of the field to, high five one of the players and so there's a different culture with this organization that i think that's what everybody was looking for i you know i think sometimes change is good and in this case when you look at the number of coaches that um were shifted off this team and the ones that came on and the type of personalities they bring it bodes well for the team i mean they did good in the draft free agency um so they've got some new pieces uh, preston brown came from buffalo led them in tackling, you know, three of the four years he was there. He was tied for the NFL lead in tackles this year. And so he's played every game in the NFL. He's not missed one game. So you're bringing a healthy young player to the defensive side. And, uh, you know, you got some good guys. Joe Mixon now will be the feature back. There's no question about whether Tim or Jeremy Hill. So that's in place. A.J. Green, perennial pro bowler. Uh, Tyler Eifert, you know, hopefully he can be healthy the whole season, but you also have, you know, Croft and, uh, uh, Uzama, who's, who's been productive. I mean, you look at their numbers combined, they are replicating what, uh, Tyler Eifert did. So you have that as well. And then even the, the offensive line bringing in Cordy Jones, uh, from Buffalo. And, um, you know, you just got players now that are coming in to make their presence known to help this offensive line, to help the offense, to give Andy Dalton more time, to be a little bit tougher on defense. I mean, you know, getting Billy Price, the number one pick from Ohio State uh, at center, he's been cleared. Uh, his pectoral muscle issue has been cleared up. So uh, he's been working constantly. Jesse Bates' safety has looked very good. Um, smart player. Looks like he's going to make his presence known. So I think this team is happy flying under the radar this year. Uh, and to your point, the expectations were not met the last couple of years, but I think they weren't that far off when you look at the losses and maybe the total number of points or the number of plays that cost them those victories. You just don't overreact, but you definitely have to address it. Wayne Box Miller is our guest. You're going to hear him this fall on the Bengals Radio Network, part of the pre- and post-game shows. And going to Andy Dalton, he's been a quarterback who has – taken a lot of criticism he has had some difficulty you know, maybe some of it's on him or maybe a lot of it's on the pieces that are surrounding him uh, have we been fair in the way we've treated Andy Dalton or is uh, everything pretty spot on up to this point well I think it, it all depends on what your criticism is and I think a lot of times you know could Andy be better sure I mean he'd be the first but I think you know has his offensive line been you know, stellar, giving him the time he needs uh, all the time. No. Uh, have players drop balls sometime? Uh, yes. Uh, but, you know, as we know, the quarterback gets, you know, all the credit when they win and they get all the blame when they lose. So it comes with the territory. But I think Andy Dalton, when you look at his numbers since he's been in the league, his numbers will surprise you because they're up there with a lot of the other quarterbacks. But, you know, the big issue with the Cincinnati, uh, the last five years when they were in the playoffs and last year is just getting to that next level. 
So this team has improved. Uh, they've gotten depth. They've got some great players. Again, when you look at an A.J. Green or a pro bowler like Geno Atkins and Carlos Dunlap, um, you know, they've got the players. Now you got to put it all together. You've got to win in the regular season, and you've got to win in the postseason. And as I remind people, <laughs> the players want to win in the postseason as much as anybody else. I'm kind of curious. Um, years past, I would be talking. Andy Dalton is my fantasy football quarterback, but now uh, with legalized gambling, um, it's going to be here w- quicker than you know and across many states. That's going to be a new component of our life now. Um, what's, if you could, if you have any insight, what's the NFL or what's the Bengal take on everything that's happening? Because this has happened so fast, and now this is going to be a major part of the landscape, not just the Vegas thing anymore. Yeah, you know, I don't know because I'm just coming aboard. And, you know, as you said, this is so new to everybody that, you know, I don't really have a handle on what it is, what it represents, and would be unfair for me to even broach that subject. Wayne Box Miller is our guest. You're going to hear a lot more of him this fall on the Bengals Radio Network. Looking forward to his pre- and post-game coverage and, of course, online digitally. Uh, if fans want to find out a little bit more about you or just follow you uh, outside the radio network, uh, where can they go or where would you like them to, uh, to be directed to? Well, you can follow me on Twitter at Wayne Box Miller. Um, uh, that's pretty much the best way to follow me. LinkedIn for those that are more business minded. Uh, Instagram Wayne Box Miller. But I love social media. I love engaging with people. And uh, you know, again, it's just great talking to you because you know my years at Morehead State University. Huntington just seemed like it was right down the road, comparatively speaking. So anytime I can connect with you guys, I'm happy to do so. Looking forward to it. And, of course, you know, I think Moorhead's coming to Huntington this year. Um, the AA Highway makes that a really quick trip. You, you want to come down for a game? I can get you in, I think. <laughs> well, I want you too bad. You know, I may come down to that game and check it out. But I'm counting on the Eagles to at least be respectable in their presence. Uh, when they arrive in Huntington. So just take it easy on us, would you? I think I could. And bring Tony Bender with you. I want to, I want him to see what real basketball looks like, not that Bearcat <laughs> stuff. I, I don't want him to I, I don't want him to go through life sheltered. I want him to see what real basketball looks like. <laughs> I would definitely do that, man. This is a small world, but Tony's a great guy. He's one of the, he's one of my best friends in life. Uh, that guy I would do anything for. He's uh he's tremendous. So uh, yeah, it's yes, it's yes, great. Rock solid. Yeah, it's great. To, it's great that we got to uh, to get together and that uh, we've got him in common. Wayne, man, thank you for coming on the show today, doing this. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, talking to you many times this uh, year and throughout the years. As uh, I'm excited, not only just for uh, what you're going to bring to the Bengals Radio Network, but for uh, just period, man. It's, it's been fun talking to you. Absolutely, man. You as well, and I look forward to it. And uh, wish everybody in Huntington all the best this weekend. Have a great weekend. Thank you, Wayne. Appreciate it. Okay, brother. That is Wayne Box Miller. He's the new host of the Bengals Radio Network pre and post game shows. He's going to be doing a lot covering the Bengals. I'm looking forward to his coverage. Uh, that was fun. That was, that was really, I think, one uh, I've done in a long time. Just an instant analysis. So I'm excited to talk to that guy again. We're going to come back and talk a little bit about where Marshall ranks as far as the revenue brought in, the revenue going out. USA Today does their report annually. We've got it. We're going to talk about that. Also, we're going to talk about the NCAA position on – an integrity fee. Are they going to try to get some of the gambling money? We'll talk about that when we continue. It's The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.
You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Don't forget, you miss any portion of the show ever, you can go back and catch it online. All you have to do is subscribe to the program on Apple Podcasts. We're on Stitcher Radio. We're on TuneIn, Overcast. You can ask your Alexa to play the program. She usually pulls it from TuneIn, but I've got an extra special way for you to do it. All you have to do is enable a skill called AnyPod, and then you give Alexa the command. Just say, Alexa, ask AnyPod to play the drive with Paul Swan, and she'll cue it right up. So if you use an Amazon Echo, you can ask Alexa to play the program using that app or Ask her to play the podcast from TuneIn. She'll do that as well. So several ways for you to catch the show. And, of course, you can go to the website as well at wrvc.com, or you can download the Anchor app. Anchor is one of our big providers. We appreciate them for taking care of us, and you can download that app. And as soon as the program is delivered to you, you'll you'll know. You'll find out. So let me get into, um, first, the NCAA and the gambling position right now. We'll get into the finances uh, in the next segment, but I want to get into this one first. Now, when gambling became legal, when the legalization happened, and of course West Virginia was already ahead of the curve, waiting for this to be finalized, Supreme Court makes the decision, okay, states can do this. And all of a sudden, you heard this integrity fee. A lot of the players involved are the sports teams, the the leagues, colleges, they feel that there needs to be at least something coming to them because without them, we don't have sports betting. And so whatever those deals may or may not be, the word integrity fee has been used in West Virginia because officials from West Virginia and Marshall are reportedly working towards obtaining integrity fee money which is going to offset what is considered to be compliance and monitoring cost if the state ever gets started. And the Greenbrier is pretty close. They are going to launch pretty soon. They're going to have an app and everything. The other resorts are going to launch soon, and this is going to be here before you know it. But with that aside, the NCAA leadership, according to the report today from USA Today, is that the leadership's not going to pursue what is called that integrity fee. Um, they are recognizing the fact that it's going to cost some money to monitor betting plat- patterns, and there's going to be the potential for some irregularities. This is just a reality. And so there will be some cost. You've got to protect your game no matter what. The Outside influences are going to change, and you've got to be ready to change with them. But the NCAA, while acknowledging this, says we're not going to take any money. We're not looking for that. So Kathleen McNeely, who is the NCAA Senior Vice President and Chief Financial Officer, she was speaking to a group of college athletic business administrators at the NC, I'm sorry, the National Association of Collegiate Directors. It's, a, it's an annual convention. She said that if sports gambling continues to operate under regulation on a state-by-state basis, it will be up to individual schools to decide whether they want to pursue this type of money. And, of course, right now, 
the NFL and the NCAA are advocating for uh, federal regulations on this, not just letting, leaving this up to states. Hey, we want federal, across the board, federal regulations. And that's where Marshall and West Virginia's names come in because they were linked to reports that, you know what, there's going to be some money coming back to the universities. Now, McNeely added that um, the NCAA national office will not be going after any gambling revenue. She said that we know it will cost money to monitor, but Mark Emmert, who is the president, has been pretty firm in saying that he doesn't think it's appropriate for the NCAA to try to access that revenue. He said schools will need to look at their own values and decide what to do. So in other words, okay, we acknowledge the fact that this is a thing now, and yes, it's going to cost us money across the membership, monitoring everything that can go along with it, but that's we're just going to accept that as the cost of doing business. And so if schools want a piece of the action, that's going to be up to them. So Marshall, West Virginia, if they need to get a piece of the action, and they can, NCAA is going to say, good, good on you. You do what you need to do. If another school says, we can't do that, we don't need that, good on you as well. So that's going to be the NCAA position for the moment. Now, as we all know, NCAA doesn't take advertising from any company that is involved in game activities. State lotteries, sports betting, all of that. And the NCAA also doesn't allow athletes and athletic department employees to participate. There cannot be any impropriety. So that's, again, that's the cost of doing business if you work in athletics or if you're an athlete. You just can't do it. Now, the NBA and other other leagues are, are trying to get in on this, not from a standpoint that, okay, betting is cool, from a standpoint that we need that integrity fee because it's just going to happen now. The betting is going to happen. We need the integrity fee because we need to make sure we protect the game because this has a potential to affect the game. The NFL is all about the shield. You do not harm the shield. The NBA, same thing, I'm sure, with the logo. MLB, you know their stance on the gambling. And there's going to be, I'm sure, some battles. There's going to be some more debate, I'm sure, over this because... Here's a new source of revenue. Here's a new mountain of gold. Where's, where's my shovel? Where's my wheelbarrow? Because I'm going to roll up and take some of that. That's the deal it looks like. we got more on the way. We're going to talk about revenue when we continue because Marshall report. The USA Today reports out as far as the revenue is concerned. Where does Marshall rank in overall spending? Where does Marshall rank in overall monies coming in? We'll tell you that when we continue. It's The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now, back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. 5.52 on the Friday edition of The Drive, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Don't forget... We have got a big event coming up for you next month in Ashland, Blazers Restaurant and Bakery. Kentucky Sports Radio, which airs on our sister station, 
Cat Sports 93.3 and 13.40. They're coming to Ashland to do their show. It's going to be on Tuesday, July 17th. We're going to open up the restaurant early for you. There's going to be a special brunch menu, and you get to come in, hang out with the guys, meet them, see the show, really, for two hours. You can find out what it looks like to watch these guys do this thing that they do every day on the radio, and that's coming up in July. We'll tell you more about it as the weeks progress, as we get closer to it. I'm excited about it. I can't wait to get down the Blazers. Uh, They're going to have a great menu for you, so uh, looking forward to seeing you all there. So USA Today does an annual report. They cover college athletics, basically putting together a report to tell you the total revenue that the schools bring in and compare that to their total expenses. No surprise, Texas is on top of the list. Texas A&M's right. The top five are Texas, Texas A&M, Ohio State, Michigan, and Alabama. Rounding out the top 10, Georgia, Oklahoma, Florida, LSU, Auburn, and Tennessee is coming in at number 11. West Virginia, where does West Virginia rank in this? Well, West Virginia comes in 27th. They bring in over $110 million, and their expenses right under 90. So, Good budgeting there. But Texas brought in total revenue of over $214 million, and they spent over $207 million. Texas A&M brought in $211 million, almost $212, to be honest, and they spent a little over $146 million. Maybe that's some smart budgeting there with Texas A&M. I don't know what the Texas expenses are, but they're bringing in a lot of money, and they're spending a lot of money as well. Ohio State comes in with $185 million plus, and they spent $173 million. So the big schools are having a field day. The Big 12 has the biggest with Texas. The, SA, the SEC and the Big 10 seem to be dominating the rest of the top 10. You've got to go to number 12 before you find somebody outside of the Big 10, SEC, or the two schools in the Big 12 that you expect to make that kind of money with Texas and Oklahoma, and that's Oregon. Oregon comes in at $146 million plus. And you see the list. You go down. Obviously, it's power school, power school, power school. The power schools are bringing in the money. Now, where does Marshall come into the equation here? Well, if a conference, Marshall's middle of the pack in Conference USA. Because they're bringing in $29 million plus, And expenses were $30 million plus. So bringing in and spending just about the same amount. Where do they rank overall, though? In the country, going by this metric and this chart, they are 104th in the country. Conference USA teams. Old Dominion is outspending everybody with $46 million plus. They are, on this list, 67th. Charlotte is 76th on the list, and they're spending over $39—I'm sorry, $37 million. Um, let's see. They are bringing in $37 million, almost 38 Let me back up here. They're spending over $33 million. But Old Dominion's on top of everybody. Florida Atlantic coming in— They're basically spending and bringing in about the same amount, 
They're bringing in over $34 million, and they're spending $34 million, give or take a few thousand. Middle Tennessee is 87th on the list compared to Florida Atlantic, which is 84th. They are spending $34 million, and they are bringing in $34 million. Basically, what goes in, what goes out. Uh, Florida International, 89th on the list. They are spending about the same as well, $33 million both columns. North Texas, they are 94th on the list. They are spending a little bit more than what they're bringing in right now. They're spending $36 million, and they're bringing in $32 million. Again, this is year to year. Texas El Paso, 95th on the list. They are spending $32 million, and they're bringing in about $32 million, right under that. Western Kentucky, they're pretty much even. Bringing in $30 million plus, spending $30 plus. Then you come to Marshalls we mentioned. Uh, they brought in um, over $29 million and they spent over $30 million. And they're 104th. Western Kentucky's right there with them, 100. And then Texas San Antonio is 107th. They brought in $28 million plus, almost $29 million, and they spent a little over $30 million. And then Alabama at Birmingham, UAB. $24 million in and some change, $23 million out and some change. And they're 124th. Finally, the final two teams in Conference USA that are public schools, 125th is Louisiana Tech with $24 million brought in, $23 million out and some change, both sides. And then Southern Mississippi, $23 million and change in, $25 million and change out. And they are 126th. So Marshall's pretty much middle of the pack, it seems. They are 104th. I don't know if they can ever crack the upper, upper echelons of the list, but there's some room for growth there, and we'll leave it at that. Next week is the pseudo 4th of July holiday. We won't have a show on the 4th of July. Uh, I will not be here next week. I will return in a week's time. So looking forward to coming back and talking to you then. Of course, our producer, Gabriel Sellers, who will be here except on the 4th of July. I'm Paul Swan. Thanks for joining me. This has been The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Have a great holiday, everyone. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Huntington Sports Station.